Hello everyone, I am Alien in Bohemia. And I am Mikey. And we are two immigrants living in Prague, and this is our podcast called Aliens of Prague. Where we bring Prague expats as our guests. Listen to their stories about how they came to Prague, why Prague, and what it is like to live in Prague as an outsider. We will go on tangents, we'll dive into absurd stories, dig up personal experiences, bring up Prague's hidden beauties, and other whatnots. If you are an expat living in Prague, you should listen to this podcast. If you are Czech, and want to know more about the expats living in Prague, you can listen to this podcast. Or if you know any expat, you can send this podcast to them. Aliens of Prague is available on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. Visit our Facebook page, Aliens of Prague, for more information. You can send us voice clips or texts about your experience living in Prague on Facebook or email us at aliensofprague at gmail.com. If you like the podcast, please give us an appropriate review. It will encourage us a lot. We hope you will enjoy listening to this podcast as much as we enjoy making it. <laughs> That's gonna be our introduction, I guess. <laughs> there you have it. Intro. So I have a school. I I draw comics. I, I draw freelance stuff. Um, I work with PR with some company. And uh, and I'm kind of having this new life with this new idea about uh, how to live in Europe. Uh, the whole whole sense of uh, family, love, money. This is our, all are changing. And sometimes I'm so tired. Like I just want to have a sip of beer or alcohol and just kind of, you know, for this amount of time, I don't want to be in control of myself because I'm so tired. Mm-hmm. Do you ever feel like that? Of course. What do you do? You, you don't drink alcohol. As you said, if I feel overwhelmed, like I feel stressed or overwhelmed or yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different, um, a lot of different ways I use to deal with stress. I do Vipassana meditation, um, exercise. I go to meetings. I hang out with friends. I try to help people if I can help somebody somehow. So yeah, really being around people and being around friends and sometimes making art can relax me. So I have a, a lot of different a lot of different methods. I haven't found any because I, like for instance I've been drawing like three days straight not straight but significant amount of my my last three days were just drawing stuff and I came out to them like fuck I forgot how to speak you know it's just like one line sentences yeah. yes this and that. And I'm like, fuck, I need to have some other life or I don't know how to deal with this. I'm just I'm just thinking about your background because I mean we know you 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 know you come from this really highly social environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I mean I see you uh, not only do I see you changing, you see yourself changing I, I and it's that. like yeah, and it's like you know, it's it's really interesting. It's fascinating follow. I'm like I, I'm I mean watching you is like I'm a I'm a David Attenborough of uh, of aliens in Bohemia. <laughs> I'm planning to go home. Um, but but I'm so scared. Wait, it's like pl- planning to go home. How uh, for two weeks? Oh, okay. Uh, and I'm so scared because the things that I used to believe and the things I I believe now it's totally has changed. So uh, what is it? What is the? Are you Hindu or what are you? I'm Muslim? a Hindu. Okay. No, no. It's it's not about the religion. That those part of the world has their own cultural thing. Or the 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 family. The the. <laughs> the the duties of a son duties of a daughter this kind of stuff also like they they do not know that i do all of this 
They absolutely have no idea. They are like thinking, my son is uh, studying masters and he's gonna do masters and he's gonna do a job, we, a PhD. We keep, we keep joking about him that he's a closeted comic artist. <laughs> yeah, so, so so I've been thinking about like how am I gonna say this because it's, I've been living double life in a sense. I mean, in a way, it's like sort of like double identity. You know, like they know a version of me. The people I, I like, I I might I might love somebody and their idea of love is different. Mm. And I'm just so scared to go home. And like, what am I gonna talk about? Like, how am I gonna explain? This is what I love to do. And I'm sure that uh, I'm, I'm kind of having this doubt that they're not gonna understand me. What will happen if they don't understand me? Doesn't your brother do this? My brother. He is an artist. I mean, he he's going to art school. Yeah. But the thing is, like, uh, going to art school and just uh, s- studying art for for the last one and a half year, it's two different things. And I'm I'm a. Uh, I'm an engineer through and through, and and I don't know if it's hard for them to believe, but I'm so scared. Do your parents have like a thick accent, or they like you must study, you must study the you technology? Did the, you just did the thing, by the way. <laughs> no, it's alright. What, what did I do? What did I no, do? What my did parents I do? Don't, my parents don't talk like that. Is that a is yeah? Because I guess <laughs> accent is probably a little different. Yeah, is it different? It's, no, it's this. It's it exactly the, the same. same they yeah? just don't bob the head like I that. I don't bob the head. My my my. <laughs> I met some Americans and and some Norwegians and they, when they spoke with me and like uh, you don't sound right. <laughs> oh, the, did they think you're Indian? No, 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 Indians don't speak like that. They were gonna they're gonna speak like this uh, with the, pronouncing the T and the, the R. The T and the I. Yeah. R. Uh, but I I don't speak like that. My voice uh, I don't know what kind of accent is this, but it's it's different. So they were like, your voice and your face doesn't match. <laughs> like, can you speak Indian? <laughs> Can you speak brown? <laughs> Can you speak brown? <laughs> we're going, we're going off topic, way beyond. What do you call your podcast? Alien in Bohemia? No, aliens like, in Bohemia? Aliens of Prague. Aliens of Prague. I did okay. not come up with the yeah. name. He did. Do you believe in aliens? Nah. No. We're all aliens. We have this. We have this. Uh, there are all these varying definitions of aliens. Mm-hmm. So in 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 a sense, in a sense, I do believe in mm-hmm. aliens because, frankly, it is. It is impossible, given yeah. the size of the universe, to be alone in it. By the way, there's this uh, there's this amazing uh, short uh, there's this short story written by Terry Bison. Uh, it's called "They're Made uh, They're Made of Meat." We're made of meat. Yeah, well, we are made of meat, but they're made of meat. That's the name of the of the story. Uh. It's it's amazing. What's I, the story I, about? The story is about two, veganism. Two aliens. <laughs> Two aliens uh, meeting and uh, discussing their notes on uh, planet Earth, and essentially they—I mean—so they they keep listing all these forms of existence, you know, it's like pure energy or made of gases or whatever, and they're like, they're made of meat. What do you mean they're made of meat? They are made of meat. It's thinking meat. And how do they communicate? They flap their meat, and, <laughs> and everything. I mean, everything is do is meat related, you know. Yeah, and yeah. It's, uh, yeah it's, it's 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 an ama- it's a really unique perspective on this. So I I highly recommend it to if you want to read it. It takes like five minutes to read, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do but Do you yeah, know who's Sam? Hmm? Do you know who's Sam? What does he do? Actually, well, you have told me what he does, oh. and because uh, I, I, I was just thinking, because I came, I came, I came in here barging in, you know, and uh, dressed in lycra and stuff, and then I thought, I mean, the guy spends all his day on Charles Bridge. He must have seen weirder people. Uh, no, not really. 
<laughs> I was sort of counting on it. My professor, my professor is is a very well dressed man, and uh, he's always with with some tucked in shirt, pant, shoes, everything. One morning, he anal. <laughs> one morning I went to the lab, and, and uh, the professor was coming in. He, he he had his bike in his shoulder. And he was wearing this like skin tight thing, and his sister's like suddenly bulge, David Bowie bulge. Yes, there's a bulge, and I was like, ooh, I I did not picture him like that. I'm like, yeah, how's it going? Yes, we'll see. I'll meet for, you in the lab. For a guy, for a guy who just claimed he lives a double life, you are you are pretty you're, you're pretty judgmental. <laughs> yeah, anytime that you think or you're intimidated by someone, the way someone looks or dresses, just remember that we all shit. Yep. Imagine the way we look when God we shit. Damn, your philosophy fascinates me. Man, if there were a, a camera on everyone's face when they shit, that's the most humiliating look you probably. <laughs> we had uh, veins popping out. We had uh, we had this theory years ago back in I don't know with one of my one of my exes and uh, God, and he's like a another ex, another ex, and, 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 and our friends and we we had this theory that no matter what the topic is. Eventually, the conversation will devolve into shit. The, the, you know, well, we we already got there, and we yeah, have we already have. But go, the thing so. is, at, at some point, I mean, <laughs> shit joke, check. Yeah, well, the thing is, sometimes, I mean, sometimes, you know, at some point, we're just counting the steps and tracing the steps back, just to realize how many steps it took to get there to talking about shit. How, how many steps did it take to actually step in it? Nahov, <laughs> <laughs> no. On depends on Charles Bridge or elsewhere. <laughs> No, I don't see much shit on Charles Bridge, but there we were walking near Olshansky Hotel today and people are just non shit picking up bitches. <laughs> There's just piles of dog shit just surrounding the hotel. Hmm. It's like <coughs> there's there's like <coughs> It's that if I can get away with it thing, Do you then live in I won't pick by the it way? up. Yeah, I live in yeah. Shishkov. Oh, Sorry, you live in you live Shishkov. in Shishkov. Shishkov, yeah. <laughs> But actually, the area I live now is pretty good. But around the hotel is just, you know, grass where no one's watching. They made a new fine now. It's 10,000 crowns if you get caught. Yeah, I, saw, up your the, dog I shit. Saw, the, saw the posters. All right, all right. Enough, enough shit joke. All right. Oh, I want to say one more thing about shit. I heard that there was a... <laughs> no, we're going to talk shit all night. <laughs> we're talking shit. I heard that there was a Norwegian... Maybe it was Norway or like a, a, a country like up north... Sweden, maybe? But anyway, I heard that... Maybe it was Switzerland. I heard that they... If you have a dog, you have to register the dog's DNA. You have to get a DNA sample. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. And then if there's shit on the street, the police officer will pick up a sample. And hmm. if it's your dog's shit, you get mega fine. Oh, wow. Which is definitely I've always fascist, but I like it. Like, that's where fascism works. I, <laughs> I, I, I do have... I mean... And here comes the liberal in me and wonders what if the what if the dog has diarrhea? How do you pick that up? Do you maybe, come with a with a hose? Maybe the diarrhea is an exception. Yeah, we are quite liberal about question. these. I, I'm, look that up. Uh, I, I'm looking at you, and you're like you have you're looking at us with these wide eyes. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, going in. Well, it's nice to start the day with shitting, I guess. All right, so uh, okay, yeah. back to our thing. So Sam, <laughs> yeah. Uh, People aren't confused who you are, I guess. 
Uh, like, so can I you, should introduce myself. Please. Okay. So I'm Sam King Davis. I'm a caricature artist That's living a in long Prague. Name. Yeah, yeah. King Davis, capital K, capital D, all together. No space, no hyphen in the middle. Oh. And that's the the <laughs> name that you can find me, King Davis Art. And that's everywhere. KingDavisArt.com, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Keep plugging. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a serious. caricature artist. Yeah, I'm a caricature artist. I've been working in Prague for six years. Uh... Yeah, I just ate a hot dog at the Dogfather near... Oh, I, I had yeah. one. I just had one. I wanted to put a plug in for the Dogfather. You dog had one before you came <laughs> yes, here? Yes, exactly, yeah. Oh, he no made it. Uh, Where is this cheese. place? It's, it's uh, n- near the David's um, Trump station. Yeah. Okay, I might go there for dinner. Oh, I, I used to have a hot dog vending business, by the way, really? when I lived in St. Louis. That's the other thing. I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, right in the middle of the U.S. Shout out to Missouri. Shout out to Missouri. Nelly. Yeah, you guys know Nelly? I have no idea. No? Yeah, I no. do. Yeah? Not a fan, but... No? What's okay. Nelly? He's a famous rap rapper. Artist. Was a famous rapper. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, the dog father, it's like, I'm standing outside and he's like, so what do you want inside? There were like 11 sauces. And yeah. I'm, like, no, uh, no, I'm not no, sure. I'm stuck with that song of his that was famous like... Country Grammar? Year, no... I, I'm not gonna start. Yeah, come on, yeah, yeah rap. Let's hear rap for us. I can't even remember the. I can't even remember, the, remember the lyrics. But there was like this girl singing in the background and something about thinking about you or something. I don't know. No matter all what I, I think do, about is you. Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a few big hits. Yeah. yeah, I'm not a. I'm not a rap fan. So, but you know, the How song was you, everywhere, sir? and it's it actually stuck to my head. So I guess it's good. Anyway. I, I did not know that you were a rap fan. I'm not a rap fan. Do you remember the song? Well, it's catchy. The guy did a good job. Uh, so you like it. Uh, so you're a rap Everybody's fan. listening to Taylor Swift, no matter what you say, I guess. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You don't like any hip hop, nothing. There's not even not even like a I, part of it that you like or what? No, I hip hop. Actually, hip hop. I like, you know uh, most death. ZZ Top. No, I'm no, actually I'm I'm more I'm I'm more on the electro side of hip hip hop, so more towards trip hop. But I actually do like the I do like the rapping on trip hop when it does mix. Do you ride, your, mix, bike? Do you ride your bike when you when you listen to trip hop? Yeah, I actually do. Yeah, yeah. Is it good bike riding music? Uh yeah, it's quite rhythmic. But also, I mean, on the other hand, on the other hand, I've got stuff like uh, st- stuff like Massive Attack with me as well. Mm, yeah, yeah. So you know, but those are like way more. Cla- I can't say I can't say I'm a trip hop connoisseur. Mm. But you know, the classics are classics. <laughs> what about Wu Tang Clan? You like Wu Tang Clan? Nah, I no? don't get the culture. Oh man, I'm so I'm, into that. But it's gotta I'm, be I'm good. Sh- I'm sheltered that There's way. There's a difference between rap and hip hop, though. Yeah, I know. Big difference. Yeah. Yeah. What about Childish Gambino? Do you know him? I've only heard the name. Yeah, Danny Daniel Glover. He's an actor as well. He's an actor. He's a comedian and he's a hip hop artist. Oh, rap artist. That's Danny Glover. Yeah. Yeah. That's Danny huh. Glover. Yeah. Childish Gambino. He's got some good shit. Oh. Yeah. You okay. Should I'll out, give man. it. He, he came out with singer. a really famous uh, <laughs> song called um, "This Is America." And it was about like basically the institutional racism and like the massacres that were happening. Like some guy went into a church and shot a bunch of a black church and shot a bunch of people. And the video is like has all these hidden messages in it. And it's, may, it's so good, man. Like there's so many I good references. Know. This one I may know, actually. I don't yeah. know how, but it sounds familiar. But for me, it's more it's a more integral part of my culture, which is probably why it's not such a big deal over here. But in the U.S., it was a big deal. Yeah. Wait, wait a minute. I, everybody, every American I've met here are, are into rocks or 
or reggae or they're into reggae Ugh. Or, or like liberal <laughs> side of music you're the first one who's like very passionate about hip hop well i like all kinds of music but mm -hmm. hip hop's hip hop is a hip -hop really is pretty liberal as well i mean man it like spread all over the world like Overnight, no, I have so I have seen that that the series in Netflix, Hip Hop Revolution or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, another one is <laughs> the Defiant Ones. That's a good one. Uh -huh. Yeah. So anyway, we're so plugging Netflix now, but all right. Yeah. <laughs> As if they need plugging. No, they don't. So you you are a caricature artist. Yeah. Uh, are you trained? I mean, did you go to art school? Yeah, I went to art school, but it was like a conceptual kind of art school. So what it was more art history and more focused on the idea of what you're making as opposed so very to theoretical the work, worksmanship. Yeah, there wasn't much hand in it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I get it. There's a thing called the 4-H Club in the U.S. And it stand, the 4-H's stand for, see if I can remember, it's head, heart, hands, and home. And I kind of apply that principle to art as well. Like, uh, I think that the art should have the hands in it, it should have the heart in it, and it should have the head in it. But the study, I just realized I said it, it should have the head in it. Uh, the study at the school that I went to was really just like conceptual and intellectual. It wasn't much focused on craftsmanship. So um, they didn't teach me much about really anything except the history so, so a lot of that stuff i learned on my own and then when i graduated i was doing a lot a lot more like sculptural kind of stuff and head casting and so do I, you sorry to interrupt do you feel like it hasn't helped yeah i mean you know looking when you have some time to look back in life you can see how that affected you know you can see how your previous experience if affects like your situation now so yeah it, it definitely helped me appreciate art more it it if anything it repelled me from this like post conceptual art you know like if you, like like i don't know if you saw this recently that this guy like taped a banana to the wall yeah, yeah, yeah. and it sold for like 150 grand so there's no hand in that you know what i mean it's just the guy just duct taped it to the wall so it made me kind of like sick toward that stuff and it pushed me more in the direction of artwork that i could share with everybody so street art or like any kind of performance in public. And so that that's part of what led me into doing caricatures. What was, I mean, did you have this in mind that I'm, I'm not, I'm going to make a living out of caricature or it just, is it something that like I, it's going to be a nice skill? Uh, well, basically I start, I had always been kind of entrepreneurial, um, I started a hot dog business in St. Louis, Hot City Franks. Nobody beats this meat. And uh, that business is actually still going. Um, but I don't, I don't own it anymore. But that gave me, like, some good experience as, like, a person working on the street and dealing with a lot of different people. Basically, it was, in the, it was on this street called Washington Avenue. And one side of the Washington Avenue was, like, rich, professional, white, young white people. And then the other side was literally just like, it was all black and it got, oh. there were some really dangerous areas too, a lot of gang activity and, um, but the, the Washington Avenue had a bar for every kind of person, like the jock, the sports fan, the black guys, uh, the, there was like strip club there. There was like people who were into techno. There was people who were there for like anything you can think of. There was a bar for on that street. So I set up my hot dog stand on that street. And so that gave me the experience to like meet um, 
people from all different kinds of cultures and all different kinds of ideas and socioeconomic levels. And so that experience really like I learned then that first off I wanted to own my own business. And secondly, I wanted to be like working around outside around people and having fun with people. So that's another thing that kind of led me toward caricature. I don't know if that's an answer to your question. No, it was a partial it was answer. Oh, yeah, it was good enough. Yeah. I was uh, I was just thinking going back to the to the banana thing, and I I also remember the 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 Banksy stunt, yeah, the shredded the, the shredded painting. But somehow, do you do you feel like people are people have like exhausted all arti well not all but they feel like they've exhausted artistic ideas and they're just aiming towards doing gimmicks. Yeah, I think people are doing gimmicks. Uh, I think that that banana taped to the wall was almost 100% gimmick. But I, I, think I would call it money laundering, but that's a different story. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what, that's one of the things that I learned like in art school was that I think it's like the top, are only 0.0001% of the world's population like goes to these art shows. Um, and that's just not the kind of, people that I wanted to uh, associate you know, with. Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to sell my artwork to that such a small, you know, it's just, yeah, not my thing. I mean, it's, it's basically philosophy vi visually. Like when you talk to people about their post contemporary art, they have some interesting philosophy, philosophical idea, and they're trying to communicate that through visual art, but it's not visual art. It's, it's philosophy. So yeah. I realized, um, well, I make logos sometimes. And uh, I, was, I, was, I was talking with a friend of mine and he has this brand logo and stuff. And he has this like specific color scheme for, uh, for Instagram, for website or some booklet. Like individual design, just changing the color or the font. And I was like, I can do that. Uh, and 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 I was like, why would a professional? Why how would you call a professional professional? If I'm doing the same exact thing, I'm not a professional in, uh, in logo designing, but a logo designer would get picked for the same work that I I I, I mean two similar work experience probably. I I think I think it's it has got to low, uh, a lot of things to do with the the philosophy like like the color scheme will have a good reason to be there that mm -hmm. I might not be able to explain properly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So probably they have a faith in them like uh, on uh, on the photography side. So I did uh, I I was a I was a second shooter for wedding photography. I was doing wedding photography for for a couple of years and um what I've learned is people pick the pick their wedding photographer based on that style. So you know they go to the you know they go through a bunch of photographers and see their portfolios, and they say I like this guy. So the thing is, I mean the guy, the the artist in that situation, he they cannot uh, they cannot uh, afford to actually experiment because the the their clients expect that specific style. They expect mm -hmm. that specific color scheme, mm -hmm. that specific palette, that specific editing. This is what they expect, and this and is the same thing. I mean, when uh, when someone goes to you know when someone looks at a, at an illustrator and goes to them for a, for a logo design, they will expect that style. So it's I mean if if you're doing it for yourself and you you know you're free feel free to to experiment, but this might actually cost you clients. So you have to be you have to be consistent mm. 
That's that's the thing about being professional. And I mean, even I mean, even looking at you, for instance, because you have a caricature style. Mm-hmm. I would imagine you you know. I mean, and no, I, I although although some would say you know caricatures are they're all alike. I don't think they're all alike. No, definitely not. And uh, I mean, from one artist to another, and you know, and each one has their own features that they exaggerate, for instance, and how they do it. But people will come to you because they see the rest of the works and they will mm-hmm. say, yeah, I like this guy. Well, there's these guys in uh, in the U.S. called the California Boys. And they're known for, there's some really big names in there or really crazy names in there, <laughs> the styles that they do. It basically pushes exaggeration all the way to the limit. And they were doing... Some of the guys were doing this thing they called beasted, so they would take a person's head and like turn them into like a monster, essentially. Uh, And they really pushed it to the limit, and they have a strict policy of uh, no refunds. (laughs) So, I mean, I I, my policy on it is like I I'll I try to push it every time as much as I can. I try to experiment and and play and push the limit as much as I can every time. And if the person doesn't like it, I just shake their hand and. That's turn the caricature around and say, okay, sorry, it didn't work. Better luck next time. That's I, because actually, I, I realize that I'm like pushing the limit sometimes. That's you pretty know? courageous. Most people don't reject it. You know, I, mean, I think, you, I think confidence plays a big role here. I, I sometimes have clients and I said, listen, I will change a little bit. I will change the color, but I will not change the whole drawing. If you are happy, you have to pay this hour of this amount of money for hour. And, uh, I never had a complaint. They were happy with the thing. I was like, yeah. okay. I, I didn't even have the confidence. I was like, fuck, I, I do not have a lot it. of time. Not faked it. It's 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 just I have to take the amount of time from my studies into the art. Yeah, yeah. So whatever I'm doing, I'm doing it with, with deep focus. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I know that I'm not gonna cheat on this. So I was like, yeah, I gotta be honest because if T wants to do another one, it's gonna take a while. Mm-hmm. So I better straighten this up from the beginning yeah yeah i mean as a freelance artist you learn to really make the boundaries and have like a pretty strict policy yeah i don't even start a work until i like half the money's in my bank account i won't Mm -hmm. even start so that helps well luckily i got good clients they they pay well and then they pay bad whenever i'm done so yeah come here so I'm, I've been lucky, I guess. Nice. So, so do you do other work, right? Like, uh, aside from caricatures, because you just you just mentioned half the money. All right, you, all right. You all just right. mentioned we're, bank we're account. Gonna, we're gonna go there. So, Sam. Yeah. So you were in the Washington Avenue selling hot dogs. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> what happened? What what time is this? Uh, From like nine thirty at night. No, until like two thousand something. Oh, well, that would have been eight years ago. Yeah. So 2011, 2012, something like that. It was only for two years I did it while I was in college. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. you alone or with, with your buddies? Did I do it with my buddies? Uh, no, it was mainly me. I had a couple of people that worked for me. My then girlfriend, now wife, worked for me a little bit. And then I had some friends that were in college that worked for me. Yeah, but mainly me. Yeah, it so was you know crazy, a lot of about a lot about hot dogs, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. We, our conversation started with Dog Father. That's right. Yeah. yeah, the point I was trying to make is whenever I'm going to the Dog Father, it feels like an exam, like eleven oh, sauces. Nice, and yeah. but the guy is so nice. He's he's cutting a little bit of bread and he's just warming it up and then put like three different sauces. Yeah, like, yeah. Why don't you try it? Yeah. 
Like, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> fried onions, <laughs> onions and fried I used fried to take, things. steam the hot dogs and then I would cut them right down the middle and they would like kind of burst open because they were so hot. I love and that. then I would put easy cheese. Do you know what easy cheese is? Yeah, it's cheese like in a tube. Cheese in a can. Yeah. And it's Aristotle cheese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I injected it inside and then I would take a little miniature torch and I would like torch the top of it and like make the cheese all crusty I on think, the top. I think they're not legally allowed to call it cheese, so it's a cheese byproduct. Okay, cheese. <laughs> Well, it's it's. Uh, I easy, can't believe it's not cheese. cheese. <laughs> it's not cheese. It's easy cheese. So you know. See, see my yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. A little bit of celery salt, a little bit of sport peppers, and then I mixed the sauce called Mississippi Mud. I called it, which was like a combination of like hot sauce, mustard, and what else did I put in it? I can't give you the third ingredient. That's a secret. Uh-huh. <laughs> Family secret. <laughs> but it was bomb. Yeah. People were like in love with the hot dog man. Mm-hmm. And then we would write jokes. You know, every night we try to come up with a new joke for, you know, like put my meat rocket in your mouth socket. Oh, <laughs> you <know? laughs> what stuff, else? Stuff like that. What else? Actually, I think Kate came up with that one. I think my wife came up with that one. Oh, man, I don't know. I mean, just think of something, whatever. All right. All right. They will think about something. my tube steak in your mouth or stuff like that. <laughs> so hot dog business was going good, doing good, right? It was pretty good. It was my first business. So I actually traveled to and studied in Vienna and traveled through Italy um, for four months. I was abroad. So I sold half of it to my uncle. And then when I got back, my uncle and I just couldn't get along, couldn't like do business together at that point. So I just sold the rest of it to him. And then he sold it to one of the guys who was working for us who still owns it. So now it's called Bobby's Hot City Franks (laughs) instead of just Hot City Franks. Uh-huh. So if you're ever in St. Louis on Washington Avenue, 13th and Washington, go see Bobby. He'll put his meat rocket in your mouth so socket. Is it, so, is, so is it like? <laughs> so is it like a? Is it like a shop or is it a cart? It's a cart. It's a cart, right? So it's a food cart. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so we, it's always there at that. Yeah, at that number. time on the weekends. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like I like this sort of consistency. It's always you know. I mean, you you could choose to be anywhere, but you're there. What's what's it yeah. called? Bobby's. Bobby's Hot City Franks, yeah. So you tore you tore your results for a bit. So, oh yeah, yeah. I studied in Vienna for a little bit, and then I traveled through Italy. Art or something else? Yeah, uh, yeah. Exchange it, uh, program, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, the school that I was going to had a campus also in uh-huh. Vienna. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. You came back home, and then you you and your uncle didn't go along, and you sold the hub. Yeah, the we business. get along much better now that we're not business partners. And he has a vaping business now. He's got like he sells vape pins. I already don't like him. Oh man. Yeah. Well. <laughs> what happened I, then? I, uh, uh, where every does every year I buy him um, I buy him like a Chewbacca something that's Chewbacca because he's like about six foot five and very oh. hairy and <laughs> looks like Chewbacca. So anytime I get him Uncle on the phone, Chew. I go <laughs> every year for Christmas. So he's got t-shirts and he's got Chewbacca coffee mugs and <laughs> that's his gift. Bigfoot, either Bigfoot or Chewbacca. I buy him uh-huh. those gifts. <laughs> Where does Prague come along in the picture? Yeah. Actually, one of the reasons I wanted to come to Prague was there's a workshop here called Puppets in, in Prague, and it's an international puppet workshop. And I think I know where it is. Yeah, it's I I have some photos. It's in Prague of it. 10? Oh uh, no, it's it's like in Staremiasto. 
It's uh, a it's a it's a theater. Uh, I think you're talking about. Well, it's not just a no, theater. You're, you're thinking you're thinking of the actual theater, right? Not well, the theater and also the Fed association or something. They have their uh, they have their uh, office, I guess. There was it Unima, Anima, or what are they? Umieni. No, no, no. Wait, I'll, I'll, it's like I'll the puppet. There. Anyway, so yeah, yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know, like the Czech culture and Czech language survived in the countryside during times of occupation through puppet theater. That was one of the one of the vehicles that the culture was able to keep going with. And uh, apparently, like every Sunday, like every household after church would do a puppet show. Like so, they had these even these paper. For the really poor people, they would even have like paper puppet theaters that they would sell, and you just pop them out and, yeah, yeah, unima, unima, but uh, yeah, that's not the one I was thinking of. So anyway, uh, the more so so puppetry was like a big thing, and it was basically like a fine art, like a very respected art. So there were puppets that people would buy and collect, not even to be used on stage. They were just kind of like kinetic sculptures and like really beautifully done. And so there's a, a company here, uh, Puppets in Prague, and they offer workshops and you get the design and make your own puppet. So that's one of the reasons I came here. And I did, I made two of those. I have a skeleton puppet and then I have a little devil puppet that looks like me and they're marionettes. So that was one of the reasons I came to Prague. I'd also never been to Prague. And we, my wife and I, when we did the research, we found that it was like a good place to go for sure. Because it was cheap at that time, it was a lot cheaper than it is now. When when is, it, when, when is the time we're talking? Six about? years ago. Six years ago. Yeah, 2014, I guess. So, yeah, and there was a really good English teaching program here. It was like 1,200 bucks, and they covered 30 days of training. They guaranteed a job afterward. They found you housing. They got you set up. Like hmm. basically everything that you needed to like get acclimated into czech republic was that much including getting a job and getting trained for a job so that's what we did that's a pretty good deal i mean it's a good deal yeah probably not 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 happening right nowadays i don't know there's, a, there's a huge supply of english teachers coming yeah every single year yeah i guess so it was just a workshop that you decided did you want to live here or you that went was, back that was part of the reason one of the things that factored into to the decision to come here yeah Well, is it, was it a decision taken by both of you or who was the main We, guy? Well, actually what happened was that after my study in Europe, like my trip, the four months, the Vienna um, trip, the Vienna, Italy trip, um, I, I was, okay, so I'm like embarrassed to admit it, but I was listening to like a Tony Robbins, you know who Tony Robbins is? No. No, he's like um, a self-help guru. He's like probably the most famous self-help guru. We're already snickering, so. <laughs> so uh, Tony. One, there was this exercise that that I did that was like, you know, you write down what your idea of freedom was. So I did that and I, I was kind of like journaling and doing that. And then I asked my wife like what her idea of freedom was. And she said, well, I want to travel. I want to travel around the world and not be tied to any one place. And I want to explore the world. I said, okay, let's do it. So we like planned it all out, saved our money for a year, told everybody we we're leaving in a year, packed up all of our stuff and we got married and left. Hmm. So it's like per was permanent it? honeymoon. Yeah, we got married right before we left. Yeah, that's all, that sounds familiar. <laughs> uh, it sounds familiar. What do you mean huh? familiar? Yeah. yeah, it sounds very familiar. Same thing, huh? Um, uh. And now you you're separated after like 
eight one. years. I've been I've been together with my wife now for about eight years. So, well, it's a hurdle. I hope Good I luck don't with that. Good luck. The same fate. Good luck, sir. <laughs> um. Right, where I was going with this? Oh, yeah. So, but the thing is, because you you mentioned uh, you mentioned you know oh, we want to travel the world, but here you are, here you are six years later. We still, still traveled a lot. We've been to South Korea, um, all over Europe. But your base is here now. Yeah, yeah. Well, we thought we might find a base. You know, Central Europe is a good base. Prague's a good yeah. base. It's cheap to fly from places from here. So fair enough. Yeah. So English teacher, both of you were, uh, we started English teaching. Uh, I started, but man, for me, it just didn't work out so well. And for my wife, it did. She was just more acclimated to that kind of work. She did that for did like she go to art four years. Too? Yeah. We met in art school in the same school. Cool. She was studying painting. <laughs> and she's a painter. Uh, yeah, actually cosmic Kate. Look her up. Cosmic Kate on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> she does now we plug everything here now she's uh doing um these spray paint um spacescapes and landscapes oh, yeah, 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 i know those and she does them like really quick yeah yeah you've probably seen those on the street yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so actually she was doing that she t taught for four years she quit that and started work doing that on the street actually full-time And that was going quite well. And then Prague One uh, made it uh, illegal to do any kind of artistic performance in Old Town Square and regulated the art and basically made it illegal to do any kind of spray painting or painting art on the street also. So that eliminated her job. And it forced me to go to Charles Bridge, actually, because I moved, I was working in Old Town Square busking. And then I tried to go to Wenceslas Square and other areas But they're all, you know, 70, I make 70% less money in those other spots than I did in Old Town Square. So what's, uh, what can, what, uh, of what does busking consist of? Actually, it's, it's artistic production. So any sort how of artistic it's, production. How it's defined as like some type of artistic production. Because right, whenever I hear busking, I usually hear, I usually think about musicians, but turns out that's kind of like the, that's kind of like the stereotype, you know, musicians jugglers <coughs> street magicians things like that right. but um yeah it's a pretty open thing in fact they banned it because there were these polar bears that kept these yeah, big inflatable yeah. bears that kept popping up everywhere <laughs> so instead of regulating it and handing out license they just canceled it altogether. so so it goes with czech bureaucracy they would rather ban everything and wipe out the whole culture in old town as opposed to just simply hand out five or ten registrations a month you know so it's ridiculous it's it's a it's a shame for the city actually are you registered as an artist you don't, you don't on charles bridge to. well you can't register now they don't it's not a thing they 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 never set up a registration <laughs> so they they even wrote in the new law like we don't want to have any bureaucratic burden which would basically be one person part-time handing out registrations that's it but they didn't want to hire somebody to do that so actually it so would be now on charles bridge okay and that actually, has its it, it own governing body it's the mm -hmm. charles bridge artists association so uh -huh. i had to go through them and get registered through them so it's sort of like a mafia that's what everybody says man everybody <laughs> says it's a mafia fine a syndicate I'm, my, my great grandfather was from sicily so i'll fit right in with the mafia <laughs> the syndicate so English teacher, and then you started caricature, drawing caricatures. Yeah. Where, so where did it start? I started in St. Louis because Kate was working uh, at the zoo doing face painting. 
and she knew and at that time I was doing these really like psychologically disturbing sculpt face face casting so I would have people make a make an expression and then I would cast their face with uh, alginate and plaster and so I would make these plaster perfect replicas of people's facial expressions and then I would do sculptures around that um, so I was our, I, I've always been interested in like human expression and f- faces and different types of people, varieties of people. Um, so yeah, Kate recommended that I try a caricature. And so I bought this book by Tom Richmond, who's Yay. yeah, Tom Richmond, mad magazine. Uh, and I studied that before I came and then I just started working for tips on the street, man. I just, I would have two chairs just like the cheap one I'm sitting in carry it down to old town, put up two cardboard signs and put up another chair. And I just started drawing for tips because in the book, he says you got to make about 5,000 bad drawings before they start to get good. How so, far, how much, how many did you do? Are, sorry. Maybe he said 500. I don't remember. He said 500 or a thousand bad drawings before they start to look good. So I thought, well, fuck man, I better get started then. <laughs> At some point. And probably. I was doing him for a hundred crowns actually, which for everyone who doesn't know is about four us dollars. So I did them for really cheap. And when I started to get a really big line and uh, I couldn't draw all the people, then I raised the price a little bit. And then when that line got big, I raised the price a little bit. And that just happened until my prices got to How where much is now. your price now? 100,000 crowns. One million crowns. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure you saw a business um, potential. Yeah, they're like, yeah, they're basically standard prices. Like, you know, like 15, about, well... $15 for any, or 15 euro for anybody else and about 400 crowns. They start at that. <laughs> they get more expensive if it's more people and color and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, that's not too much. Yeah. I mean, that's for a quick sketch, you know, five, five, <laughs> ten minute sketch. I'd like to, I'd like to, I'd like to find like the blandest, the, the least expressive person I can find and bring him to you just to see how you see mm. him. Cause you know, someone like, someone utterly forgettable. Mm-hmm. Actually, there's this, there's this thing. They, I would just not draw anything. <laughs> You're like very happy. Thoughts. This is you, but yeah. this is nothing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> You're nothing. But they, they did this, uh, they did this um, experiment. So they, they were ranking beauty standards essentially, and they took so they, they took like they took uh, a, you know a huge sample size of photos of various races. And for each race, they they blended them. They blended all the all the photos together mm. until they got one. You know, and the thing is, I mean, I I was looking at each race the way they looked, and uh, you know, and they all seemed perfect. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. They were. I mean, I was looking. Oh wow, that person is flawless. And if you think about, it, I mean, this, this is how the this is how genetics work. You know, you, we, we, the, the more diverse our, our bag, genetic background is, you know, the healthier we are, the, the better looking we are. And, uh, the same applies to, to those photos as well. But the problem was, as soon as I looked away, I could not remember what that person looked like. Mm. You know, that, that composite, I had no idea what they, what they looked like. You couldn't remember. <laughs> no. Yeah. Mm. Cause they, they had no, they had no distinctive features. You know, the, the nose was perfectly average and perfectly looking mm-hmm. the eyes were the same the mouth was the same everything was just perfect about that mm-hmm. person i could not remember a single thing and yeah i, I found that fascinating he's so, a, he's he's the podcast joe rogan by the way huh? <laughs> what? nothing 
<laughs> These are actually, this is actually an uh, interesting point because uh, there is a thing that happens and I forget there's actually a name for it, but I, I can't remember now. But basically what it is is that every human being has a composite like you just described in their head of what an average human looks like. And they, when you look at someone's face, what you're doing is you're comparing that to what you think the average face looks like, to, you know, which is determined by how many faces you've seen in your lifetime. And you notice the differences. So you actually exaggerate automatically in your head in order to recognize people. And there was experiments done that found that people recognize caricatures of like celebrities are like if they don't know the celebrity like who it is they recognize the caricature before they recognize the photographs <laughs> they're it's faster you're fa you recognize it faster because your brain doesn't have to do that work of exaggeration so everybody has that ability to exaggerate which is i think is why it's so delightful to see it you know it's you like know, easier to recognize the person somehow and it captures their personality somehow do you know that joke with charlie chaplin no. He, Charlie it sounds Chaplin. like an old joke. Yeah, it is an old joke. <laughs> um, there's this bourbon legend going around saying that Charlie Chaplin once uh, once entered a Charlie Chaplin impersonator contest and he <laughs> yeah. came out second. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I hope that's true. I'm going to go ahead and believe that's true. Going back uh, going back to Prague. What how do you I mean obviously obviously at this point you you consider it to be to be your base? Yeah. And you've, I've, all, you've also shared some of the pains, you know, sort of like growing pains because you know the, all the bureaucracy uh -huh. and stuff. Actually, one of my, one of my colleagues and the guy, I mean, the guy. Do, by the way, do you speak Czech? Mluvím trochu česky. You're not from Czech, are you? No, I'm not. Oh, I'm from. Never mind. Romania. You've told you're, it before. You're Romanian. Yeah. Oh, I know an awesome Romanian caricature artist. I know two of them. Yeah. Interesting. They're probably They're starting the only to win awards. Valentin Hebrit. He's incredible. I'll look him up. Look him up, everyone on Instagram. But look me up first and follow me first. That's <laughs> most important. And then go to Dogfather. And then fly to St. Louis and get Hot City Franks. And then look up Valentin Hebrit. Actually, I'm going to the Dogfather right after this show because I'm, I'm fucking right. starving. Sam, uh, and how many yeah. people are listening? I have no idea. Oh. We don't know. Might be millions. Three. Including yeah. us. Hello, yeah. <laughs> Hello, our two listeners. Is this live? No. No. Oh. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. That would no. be fun. <laughs> no, dear God. I would not be able to do that. There's too much pressure for us. How's your family? Are they conservative? They're liberal? Uh, Did they oh support man, you as an artist? question. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> man, that's such a complex story. But they're good. Uh, like, wait a minute. You asked me a lot of different questions there. You asked about their politics, and you asked about how they're doing, and, and which uh, one? Which one do you want me to answer first? Let's go to personal problem. Did they support your art? Yeah. yeah. How did they take the they're news of you, yeah. you guys going to uh, Europe? Oh man, that was interesting. Yeah, people. It was interesting to watch the way people behaved with that. Like, I don't know if you know if you've experienced this yet, but like when you have a close friend and um you're gonna leave um sometimes it seems like they'll disconnect from you or they'll get angry at you or they'll blow up or something almost as a way to kind of deal with the fact that you're leaving so being angry at you makes it easier somehow that you're leaving or they stop seeing you as frequently before you leave so we kind of noticed that happening before we left. And then there were a couple people in our lives that like had some emotional outbursts 
that we were pretty sure just had to do with the fact that we were leaving and kind of like detaching ourselves from that situation. And they just kind of didn't know how to handle that loss. I guess it would be a loss. Mm-hmm. Do you go back Particularly home? people who are very close. Like my mom had a, kind of an outburst and my, one of my bosses had an outburst. Um, but aside from that, people, after we were here for a while, people started to kind of just accept that this is where we're, our home is now. Same they with stopped her asking after like the third or fourth year. <laughs> Same with her family? Uh, her family is bigger. She's got like six siblings and I just have one brother. So it was a little bit easier for her family because mm-hmm. all their siblings are having kids and they're busy already with all their stuff. So Did you I think go back just, home? Yeah, we, we were going back once per year. Mm-hmm. So I would go back for the um, International Society of Caricature Artists, which I'm a part of, and they have a conference every year. So I would go back to St. Louis and we would visit, and then I would go to the conference and then I would fly back to Prague. Do you, you, you're inside a lot of organization. Like three. Three. Well, four, but one of them I won't mention. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> It's a secret. Now does it help secret the, uh, being in the organization um, practically? Which one? Like the art, the professional ones? Yes. Yes. And like, I mean, does it help you to get something? You know I think I, if you're a part of a weird job, like a caricature artist, and that's like your profession, it's really important if you want to keep doing that to join a bunch of other weirdos that do the same thing. Because a lot of the guys and gals have been doing that for 20 or 30 or 40 years. So they have all the connections and they, you know, it's like a family. You know, there's only the statistics say that it's about one in a million. Like there's one in a million people are like professional, strictly professional caricature artists, at least in the U.S. So it's pretty small community. And people who are like famous caricature artists, where you get to meet them at the conference, you're like friends with them because... Even though you're not famous, you're in the same industry as they are. So, so yeah, it helps a lot to have, like, worldwide connections and just know that, like, this is a serious career and I can go anywhere in the world and have friends that do the mm-hmm. same thing. And I also hire people from the caricature convention. So we have a guy, Chris Chua, who's coming over to do the Easter market in April at the end of this month and starting <coughs> in April. He's like the Picasso of caricature. <laughs> it's really awesome caricature artist, but he looks he's Chinese American, so he's worried that he's not going to get much business. Times are difficult for <laughs> slanted-eyed people. Yeah. All of our slanted-eyed friends out there. You had an impression of Czech Republic before coming here? Or did you meet the any only Czech? Thing I heard about Czech pe- like the Czech Republic uh from friends was that we're traveling actually while I was in Vienna is that it's a cute little town and they like the roof <laughs> they like the rooftops like oh, because they do. the red rooftops hmm. and so i just that's all i heard and i'm like mm, yeah sounds nice i just thought it was like a small little town or like a small little <laughs> village you know and then um and then when i started learning about the velvet revolution and all of that i had this memory of when i was a little kid i was like what would what i have been four or five years old when the fall of Yeah, I was five years old, four and a half or five when the Berlin Wall fell. And that was my first memory. So we're, so we're roughly the same age, Ben. So you're 19, fucking old, too. 19, yeah, 1983 uh, represents. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm 84. Okay, okay. A little bit better of a year, but... <laughs> but anyway, my, my first memory was, uh, was like, my first memory of, like, international news 
was the fall of the Berlin Wall. That was the first thing I can actually remember. And I saw, I was seeing that on TV and I asked my mom about it. And I think she said something like, don't worry about that. That's in Europe. You know, <laughs> I think my first They're memory of going crazy in Europe or something like that. My first memory of international affairs is probably 9-11. Really? Yeah. How old are you? I am 26. Oh, shit. Yeah. Can you remind? <laughs> they, they still make people in this day and day? <laughs> wow, that's a heavy memory. I, I remember it because uh, that was the first time I went to see a doctor for my eye. I, I wear glasses. Yeah. And that I was the first that. time I... <laughs> that was the first time I went to but the doctor. But you can't hear it. You can't hear that. What? <laughs> Can you say it loudly? <laughs> I remember I came from the doctor's office and then... And then I saw it in the TV. Really? So you had your eyes adjusted? Yeah. So you knew you weren't missing? Did you think it was yeah, like... Yeah, probably, probably the doctor was like, listen, you're going to see TV now, so I better fix your eyes because this is going to be a memory with you forever. Oh, wow. Never forget. That's a, that's a, that's a very have that, deep... Uh, should have that etched into the side of your glasses and never forget. Because <laughs> never forget the day I got my glasses. <laughs> and 5,000 5, people were. I remember... I remember when when it happened. I was uh, so 2001, so I would I was in 11th grade. Seriously, I we're guess. talking about 9/11 now. Yeah, why not? Let's but the thing, it. but the thing, but the thing is, because I I don't that I topic can't stand for long. Oh, it won't. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> no. Was it an inside job? Is that a serious question? Uh, do was, we, do was, we want to go down that I rabbit hole? I was poor when it happened. I didn't have a TV. I remember my I remember my classmate calling me saying, "Oh, you need to turn your TV on." But my TV was broken at the time. <laughs> <laughs> it fell down or something? <clears throat> no, we just couldn't afford Did to a fix it. Plane run into it or oh, <laughs> toy plane hitting the. <laughs> We're going there. <laughs> you have permission to make those jokes because I'm American, so I can make those jokes. It's like if I was Jewish, I can make Jewish jokes. <laughs> But I'm not Jewish, so I can't make fun of Jewish people. All right. Hindi. I'm not Hindi. I kept looking at him because we keep making fun of him. And the thing is, I, but I'm not brown, but I have a brown friend, so I'm allowed to make There's brown jokes. There's part of you that's brown. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. I guess. Is that how it works? If you have a friend that's brown, you can make brown jokes. I'm not, a ra I'm not the racist. I'm I've not, got a brown friend. I'm not <laughs> handing out brown passes, by the way. Oh, that would be that would be hilarious. You, that's that should be your next comic. <laughs> brown passes. Brown yeah. pass. Oh. <laughs> you only get you only get one brown pass. You know you can like sell them. This yeah. allows you to make one joke. I suddenly joke. I, I suddenly crave brownies, <laughs> but I feel it's not appropriate right now. Yeah, it's, that's that's twisted. We're talking. Yeah, we, I mean, you kept saying you kept saying brown, but I think we were talking about a different sort of brown. Oh, Sam, let's go back to the red roof. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so yeah. you probably, oh, well, as you said, you don't have a, any idea <laughs> except the Berlin Wall. And yeah, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Then you came here, was people different? Or, or it's, it's a new experience, I guess. Mm. Yeah, the first night we got here, we could not find our, we took a taxi from the airport we could not find the building. He dropped us off somewhere in the vicinity of where we were supposed to stay. It was sleeting. sleeting. It was like raining ice. Mm -hmm. what? So it was horribly cold. It was November. It was arrive? like late November. Oh, okay. And I knew how to say like, hello. That was it. I had no, I didn't spoke no check. And then I tried to ask this lady 
that was walking her dog in the dark where we were supposed to go and she didn't know. So we walked around for like an hour and a half and we finally found her. That was like when we arrived in Prague. That was our first night. So do you remember the first impression with the, with the Czech person? What? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm from the Midwest US, so people are very friendly and nice and like everyone I spoke, you know, I spoke the language. So of course I could just communicate with people and, uh, that, that was the biggest shock for me right away was like just people's <laughs> attitudes and like, just not like, just not giving a shit about like, you know what I mean? I don't know how else to say it. They just didn't give a shit, you know, like they didn't care about being friendly or, you know, I'm, you know, it was almost like they had this idea in their mind, like, I'm never going to see you again. Just get out of my way. You know, how do you see that idea? Well, yeah. now I'm kind of, now I'm kind of like that. You know, I've lived in Prague long do enough. You get where I'm like, just get, get out of my way. <laughs> yeah, but I, I feel, I feel there's a certain, there's a certain, uh, I know they're more genuine like that mm -hmm. sort of, I mean, they don't have to, they don't feel like they need to pretend to, to be polite and they, but, but the thing is, I mean, I, I have this, uh, I have this, uh, idea that basically most people are, gen are good. Mm -hmm. Actually, I mean, I'm pretty sure. I mean, even the even the people that do that, you know, that make except seem, for the bad people. Well, yes. Well, hello. Yes, this is Captain Obvious on our show. <laughs> um, but yeah, because essentially, if you stop, if you stop, pretty much anyone on the street and ask for help, they're actually going to. Yeah. At, at the very least, they're going to try to help you. Yeah, but I think when you're <laughs> a foreigner and you don't speak the language, you're already a little bit afraid. Yeah, you know, you're not in the social group yet. You're not like, you know, you're not quite accepted. You know, you're an outsider. You can't really communicate. You could smile with people, but if you don't say anything with a smile, then it's just weird. So it's like there's already like this big barrier there. I, if I came over and I was speaking Czech fluently, then I would have, I'm sure I would have found the people much more yeah, friendly. But so it a, was, a lot of it was my own fear. For sure, but, uh, as but a there's a uh, there's a saying, and kids, grab your pens and pencils and write this one down. A fake smile is better than a real frown. <laughs> so you know, if people meet you on the street and you smile and you're friendly with them, even if you're not totally feeling it that day, it it feels better. You know, it's almost an act of service to like be friendly with someone. You know, and I don't know. God, I love the Midwest. I I've, should visit uh, this place. Yeah, I've uh, one of the one of the things I did learn here is to smile a lot more. But the thing, but the thing about smiling is because I'm I'm generally I'm generally quite pessimistic, and you know I I have all this shit on my on my mind constantly. And I realize when I whenever I smile, even if it is a fake smile, as you said, as you mentioned, it's uh, it actually lifts my spirits up. It it it, it really works. Obviously, I mean, you know, it works for a few seconds or whatever, but for those few seconds, you're actually going to, you know, I mean, even now thinking about smiling and I'm actually getting a bit slightly more excited. Whoa. So. Whoa. <laughs> and I'm wearing tights, so sorry. <laughs> Mihai, do you see one thing? I mean, we have met a lot of Americans and, and Mihai has a general idea about American stereotypes. I think you are far off from that stereotype in some ways. What do you I think? I think I'll take that yeah. as a compliment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you don't don't take it as a compliment. Maybe I'm an asshole. Highly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's uh, like you are quite uh, you are quite different actually, and uh, we just like everybody else. Oh yes, I'm we special. are all unique snowflakes. Just like everybody We're else. We're all special. <laughs> I'm special. So <laughs> now, but now, I mean, obviously you feel more integrated. When, when did you start learning Czech? 
How long? How or rather, how you know, long? How long did it take you before you start? Before you got the courage to to speak Czech, rather? I'm pretty used to making myself look stupid, so I was pretty comfortable with like making those okay. mistakes right away. That's good. But the problem with Czech for me is like I would study it for a certain period of time, say like a month every day. I would study, and I would try to practice it, and then at the end of the month, I would kind of evaluate where I was at, and I was just like this is fucking hopeless. Like I felt like I got nowhere and then I would just stop. And then three months later I would get frustrated with not being able to speak it and I would start studying it again. And that it's been going like that in cycles now. So now I'm kind of like saddling up again. I'm taking lessons now again. So But it's all there somewhere. I just need to like start integrating it more. How, how do you, because you, you, you keep uh, going on and off lessons And yeah. uh, if I would have just how, stuck how, with how it, re- I would have been fluent by now. How do you restart it? Do you do you like start from scratch or do you pick up where you left off? Uh this time I started with a teacher, like a private teacher, and then I was coming here on Tuesdays. I le- missed the last two ones, but now I'm doing a language exchange. I have a appointment next week to start language exchange, so I'll do that with a couple people. I'll do my private lesson. I'll probably start doing the lessons here again. The thing about me, for the, I don't speak a second language yet, except a little bit of Czech. So um, it has to be totally, and, and since English is so completely different than Czech, it has to be totally integrated. English, like I have to do it every day I'm, or I'm, I'm not going to get it. I'm sorry to say this. English is completely different to just about any other language. Yeah. And if you if, if English is your first language then, you know, and the only language you, you speak, then you've drawn a shit card. Is that uh, the well, way the way I the way the way I see it? I mean, it's it, the international business language, so not well, in that way. Not, well, not English. A I mean, English. Obviously, I mean, I love English like a lot, and uh, you know, it's a fascinating language. But it's also it's a and it's a it's a highly efficient language. They did away with a lot of rules, for instance, and uh, I mean, but here's a the problem: they did away with a lot of rules, and they made the language very efficient, while other languages didn't, and so. You know, English people are going to be confused about genders. They're going to be confused. I mean, about just about and uh, you know, and how how things you know how adjectives adjust to feminine nouns or whatever, and you have to add suffixes and pre- prefixes or whatever. Mm-hmm. All these things are like completely alien concepts to to native English speakers, and this is what I'm saying. I mean, if you start off with English, then you you you're already behind the pack. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, congratulations on it. Yeah, don't congratulate me yet. I haven't uh, I haven't gotten anywhere with it. So once oh. I once I pass an, an exam or something, then I'll maybe. I'll accept your congratulations. Maybe maybe because uh, like you said about about caricatures, maybe this is the same about words. After you you have to you have to know at least five hundred or a thousand words before you <laughs> yeah. before you become good in a language. Yeah. But you don't use that much Czech or in while drawing caricatures, right? And there's not a lot of oh. Czech people asking you to draw caricatures. Mm, my Czech always improves when i'm working in like the easter market or the christmas market because there are a lot of checks that come so but it's only improved around like real basic stuff what's the most common country that uh, comes up to you and ask for a caricature do you ask where we're from i do yeah okay mm. americans i guess <laughs> no actually very few americans chinese no not no. very many chinese either i draw some chinese but not so much Uh, I mean, you've worked a, in a very a busy question. Right? Like, yeah, I mean, the thing is, is in Old Town, it's every mix of everybody. But a lot of 
Israelis, I get a lot of Arabs. Oh, those are interesting to do. Israelis, Arabs, um, Germans. <laughs> not so much, not so many Italians. They don't want to spend the money. Um, that's that's a tough question. I could tell you like who I don't draw that much. Who? Take checks. Checks, of course. Chinese. Uh, yeah. No, I get some checks. I mean, they're definitely on the low end, you know. But it depends on the market that I'm in. If I'm in the Christmas or the Easter market, a lot of checks. Croatians. I mean, just anywhere except I'm, for except for not many Italians because they don't want to spend the money on it. Czechs kind of don't want to spend the money on it either. I'm considering um, commissioning you for a, for a caricature of me. I don't even think it's expensive. But the problem is I'm not vain enough to I'm not vain enough to have a to commission a portrait oh. of me. So oh, I'm okay. sorry. Oh come on, well, Sam, see, you're doing business here now. That's the cool thing about caricature is that uh it 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 beats down your vanity, you know. It uh yeah, it but deflates still, your ego a little bit. Yeah, but it's still that's the thing. I'm I, I'm still commissioning it, you know. I'm like, oh, I want a portrait of me, even if it's to a hang caricature. Above your mantelpiece, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, well, exactly. And that's the thing. What am I going to do with it? Am I go, am I going to like hang a caricature of myself in Put my in my right, home? It's right above your toilet. <laughs> right Just above, right, right above, paper. right above my toilet roll. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing we spoke about the to- the chip face. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, we're you're back. We're back we're on back. that topic. Yeah. Back to the brown card. Yeah. yeah. So you're, t- you're pooping and then you see yourself while you're pooping. Maybe you send him the expression. <coughs> yeah. Clenches. Picture of you clenching. <laughs> you can put it on your can toilet. You, can you tell now that like if somebody's coming towards you and like, this guy must be Russian or Italian. I mean, do you get that? Is there a face that connects a country? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can tell. You can tell. People are mixed nowadays, though. Like mm-hmm. this time of human history, people are mixing a lot. But you can kind of tell general region. If they speak, probably it's much easier. But the bor- uh yeah, yeah. But the borders are, you know, if you look at, I don't know if you've seen that animated map of Europe over the last 500 or 1,000 years, and it's like the borders are like constantly changing. Mm-hmm. So it's not like the U.S., for example. It's like kind of all sort of staying the same, but here it's just mixing constantly, you know. So, yeah, you can't really tell like exactly what country someone's from because those, those genetics might go back to a different part, or they may have been in war and then they moved to a different country or whatever. But you can tell regionally, generally. Do you love Prague in any way? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I have this experience in Prague where like it gets dark in the winter, and I'm like grumpy, like an average Czech person, and I'm like. Yeah, that's a difficult season. I'm I mean, like, yeah. son of a bitch, cold. And it's like, sometimes it's so cold that it like bites. You know, you go outside and it feels like the air is like biting your face. And then it's so gray as well. So you don't really look up that much. And then the springtime comes back again. And every time it happens, it's like a new rebirth for me. Like I forget in those six or seven months of like more darker grayer weather how beautiful the city actually is and then i go out and i walk around i'm like holy shit this is like a paradise here it's beautiful the only thing it's missing is an ocean yeah i feel like if if checks had an ocean they would be the nicest person in the world ah yeah maybe it's the lack of the ocean probably well it's openness yeah you feel stuffed like you're trapped land landlocked yeah they they have this uh they have this 
fondness for water sports. And just between you and me, I have a fondness for water sports, but I think we're talking about different things. Oh, <laughs> I, thought you, I thought you might bring it there. <laughs> but you keep looking at your watch. Is that a smart watch? <laughs> uh, it's smarter than I am. I'm it's, not it's a very a, clever it's, man. It's, it's telling him time for water sports. Ah, yeah, oh. He's got an appointment for a golden shower. <laughs> <laughs> I kept I kept joking. I kept joking about this. Uh, I I was wondering how many people would get it. That when uh, when I'm rich, all of the showers in my house will be golden. Not many people found got the joke. Yeah, it's yeah. Maybe not that good of a joke. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but going going back to going back, very, yeah, the Czechs really love uh, really love uh, water sports. In they general. love all kind of outdoor sports. I think very active people, very, active very people. natural active people. Yeah, yeah. weekend. But I gotta hike. Why? Just <laughs> gotta go to the mountains. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like that about Czech people a lot. That's Maybe. cool. They're very like. Even the culture is very natural, you know, like mm-hmm. the sexual norms are natural and like the, the way they're just like very connected that they're pagans, they're modern day pagans. Hmm. That's the quickest way to put it. They still have, uh, chert, uh, Krampus running around post-traumatic stressing, traumatizing children on St. Nicholas a, I day. Think there's a Krampus movie. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. I, if you're into that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I am into that kind of stuff. I mean, I'm into all sorts of it stuff. Get, it gets really existential at the end. <laughs> Have you seen it? I, I, I'm, I'm trying to remember if I've seen it, if I've seen it or not. Is it the German movie Black and White? No, 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 no. no, no it's no, a new no. one. No, it's a new it's one. Pretty new. Yeah. The, the thing, the thing is, I remember I was baking, br- I was baking bread for my friends when we were watching Krampus. And I'm, I remember them, you know. <laughs> it's just the, a weird thing to say. Yeah. I've never heard a, a man say that before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're going to hear a whole lot of new, whole new sentences here. Baking bread for my friends when we decided to watch Krampus. Yeah, I, I do that for sometimes. I I like cooking for my friends. and He made me birthday cake. Oh, yeah? Nice. Amazing birthday cake. Romanian yeah. birthday cake? Nah, just and Also spaghetti. Cake. We had spaghetti. And birthday cake. And crepes. Crepes. No, crepes was another day. Yeah. Nice. But yeah, I like cooking for friends. Drop by if you like. We're friends now. Oh, really? <laughs> we're not Facebook friends yet, so we're, it's not I don't, real. I don't it's have not a, official. I, I, he doesn't have a Facebook. I don't have a Facebook account. Mm. I, I Have you ever had a Facebook account? Oh, I did. I was oh. the sort of person with thousands of followers and stuff. Yeah. And I was they like, have your account. I was what I was what I was what they what what they would call an influencer. No. Of sorts. How many thousands? I don't know, but, but somewhere two thousand or something, yeah, yeah. something like that, that. would make you an influencer. Two thousand. Well, the thing here's the thing. Uh, I found uh, I found the people I interacted with. I mean, they were all genuine. That was the thing. But the thing is, because the, the topic the topic was not uh, was not light, and uh, most of the I mean most of the time it was just politics or social topics or stuff and stuff. And uh, well, I had like two thousand followers and some seven hundred friends, I guess. So you know, whatever. But the thing is, uh, it made me really fucking bitter, you know. And the yeah. more the more I debated it, the more I realized this is not helping. And eventually, I just said, you know what, fuck this. And because I you just, were focused on social issues and politics, it made you bitter. Yeah, 
Yeah. And I and not to mention not to mention <laughs> you know, and and uh, I I would also draw all sorts of imbeciles uh. in and uh, it's just you know what fuck this. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I nuked my account in 2018 July, I think. Okay. A light just got got Thought there be light. Yeah, but I uh I I wish I wish Facebook just died already. No, no, no it's alive in many parts. Yeah, the, 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 alive, the, the the variety of content has changed. Uh, Facebook has its own verbal thing. Um, it's gonna stay there, I think. And it's buying every kind of business, so diversifying is a good thing for That's Facebook. It's a monster, man. They got yeah. own like eighty something businesses now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the political social thing. Um, I've recently gotten into Stoicism. Do you know the Stoics? Yeah. Stoic philosophy. Yeah, and there's a great book called On the Shortness of Life, written by Seneca. And, man, it's such a great book. It's like maybe 100 pages, and it just, every line in it is like quotable. But he talks about politics in there, and basically it's like, the idea is like, why would you fucking waste your time? Speaking of, speaking of stoicism, I find, I find that it takes a, it takes a very large do- dose of, of uh, stoicism to, to read Kafka. Mm. I <laughs> I've never read Kafka. I tried reading Kafka. He's amazing. He's incredibly good. Franz Why, Kafka. How does Stoicism help you read Kafka? Being able to put up with it because it was so infuriating. <laughs> that sounds like a book I can't wait to read. Yeah, but but the thing, I mean, he's incredible. He, I mean, the, I, I was trying to read the the, the trial, and uh, I mean, he's unbelievably good in everything in all the de- all the tiny annoying just they just get on your nerve they grind you down all the details yeah and you resonate with every single one of them and i was like you know i, I can't put up with this huh. uh, so i i had to put the book down and sorry franz that's it but i i mean because of this i consider i consider him to, i consider him to be one of the best writers because i ever. can't read your book you're the best yeah pretty much i, mean, I get you know, it I, i totally get it it's it's, it's It's yeah, frustrating. I mean, uh, it's it's so too real. And yeah, the, exactly. I mean, he, he's oh, obviously that good, you know. Not yeah. too real. It's not like whatever he wrote is is exactly real. But the when you're reading it, it it, it does something to you. You kind of go back to your memory, your experience, and like oh, God, the yeah, thing exactly. I did. It, 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 it triggers huh. you. It triggers you. It does. It does because it's probably <laughs> very mundane stuff. I don't know if he thought about it. Like when readers are reading it, oh, it's gonna did. happen. Oh, he did. Trust I, I me. doubt that. I, I don't know. He did. I'm. I mean, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Maybe he just that was just how he communicated. I don't know. I haven't read much of the work at all. So there's not know. a lot. <laughs> really, there's not many books. No. Okay. Kafka didn't write a lot of books. Sounds interesting. I know some artists like that where it's really powerful work, but it's hard to look at. I was thinking you're a very spiritual person as we were talking about I don't I don't know if I'd go that far but yeah has it stayed with you I try to practice spiritual principles yeah do you read a lot of book yeah actually I read a stoic reading every day and I'm reading a book now called the obstacle is the way and then I do like three other readings Were, were you like this all your life or I think so I think I've always been really curious about just the way things work in all topics, particularly human psychology and so the way groups work. 
sociology, I guess you can say in a word. So you did. And also like I used to go on this website, there used to be a website called howitworks.com and you could just type in anything. How does a carburetor work? How does a car engine work? How does the, but, um, it was awesome because it would like give you these exploded diagrams and sometimes they were even animated and you, you could like really understand the inside of, and it was awesome. But I don't know what happened to the website. I think it got kind of, I think it's still there, but it got kind of taken over by, you know, now it's all corporate and you can't really just get the information that you want, but you're working on something. I mean, apart from caricature, I mean, you think about something, you, I know you have the skill to draw it. Where are you planning on to, to do something? I'm building a rollable, a transformable mildly transformable booth right now okay so you're working on a yeah i'm building a booth uh like a special <laughs> rollable booth so um never trust a white person with dreads you can quote me <coughs> on that isn't that cultural appropriation <laughs> boots anyway we had a question I'm, and it got broken. <laughs> i'm i'm working on uh i'm working on a booth right now for charles bridge and it'll hold all of my Stuff. That's what I'm working on. That's like my construction project I'm working on right now. And I'm also working on expanding the caricature business so we can do more corporate events and festivals and stuff like that. Goddamn. Whenever I'm talking to you, you're not an artist. You were really a businessman. You're just using your skill to make the business. I like I to get the think vibe. of myself like that. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I got a lot of room to grow. Yeah. But I'm yeah. always thinking about that. Yeah. And what was the other thing you were, t we were talking about? We were talking about. No, uh, white person with dreadlocks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't trust white people with dreads. <laughs> with that in mind, I guess we're going to end it today. <laughs> Thank you for coming. Yeah, today. yeah. Thanks. So, yeah, I, I know we can lovely. talk mo more and more and we can go into like dive, deep dive and yeah, stuff, yeah, but yeah. we got to end it. It's actually supposed to be 50 minutes. Now it's one hour, 20 minutes. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, you got to cut 20 minutes, mainly just all the times that I was talking. Uh, Self-deprecation. You got <laughs> it right, bro. All right. Thank you. Thank you for coming. All right. And hope, see you to, hope to see you next time. KingDavisArt.com. KingDavisArt.com. Instagram, KingDavisArt. Yeah, it's King Davis. Right King Davis. King Davis Art, the dog father. Which we near yes. also near shout, the out David's to, shout out to to amazing Chayovna. Amazing, amazing Chayovna. It's about to kick us out, actually. Yes, Time Andy. Shout out. out to Andy. Get and what about you, Alien in Bohemia? I suppose you're already kind of like. I don't say that every day. <laughs> okay, well, I just uh, plugged you. You can cut uh, that you, if you sir. want. Thank you, sir. What about you? What do you got going on? Uh, Bikes. I have, a, I have a day job. Bike riding, golden showers. <laughs> Plug for. <laughs> We're gonna a, end it, okay? Ciao. <laughs> Ciao. <laughs>